Press F in the chat to pay respects. <laughs> to what? <laughs> I don't to understand. To pay respects. To who? Oh, we For who? We'll see. To Misk? Yeah, to Misk. <laughs> we'll see. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Make Believe Heroes. An actual play, mostly family-friendly. Mostly. Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I say mostly because I think last time I described blood like spurting onto someone's face. You did. That's a little graphic, you know. Yeah, we got a little violent. Saul is in this season. It's like 10 and under, maybe. Mm. Or 10 and over, not 10. <laughs> 10 <laughs> yes. and under. Anywhere from the age of 6 months to 10. That's How our baby let's do it? You know, just... <laughs> Oh man, I can just picture Peyton with headphones in listening. (laughs) It's just slightly under PG 13, I would say, but you use your own discretion because, you know, we have spurred conversations with mothers having to talk to their daughters about death and things like that. So, hey, thank you for listening. Sorry about that, everyone. (laughs) I didn't mean to kill another character. Sorry about that. Um, This is rated E10. It's not hit any, uh, any sore spots there. I'm Paul. I'm your dungeon master, and tonight I have four friends with me. Hey, we're friends this time. We're not friends. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. It's the dice. Hey guys, it's Jeremy, and I play Saul. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kyork. I'm Alan, and I play Brackle. I'm Felicia, and I might play Miss. <laughs> Jeez. If this role is any count, and if it ain't. We don't know. So just before we press, do... Press R for revive. Everyone press R now. <laughs> press R. It don't fast. hit it, Alan. Don't hit R. It will stop your recording on Garage. <laughs> too late. That's you hit R, it stops your recording. <laughs> don't hit R. Game over. Um, so before we do get into what happened last time and, and what's going to happen, just, just to cover and just mention, let's say in this episode that Misk dies. Oh, what? It's a possibility. Then what, what we would do is I would log into D&D Beyond, I would delete her character sheet, oh and I would uh, delete her phone number from my phone. She would disappear. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. If she does die, let's say Misk the character dies, just like Lorik died and uh, guy. The fortunate thing about that was that it was the end of the season. If Misk were to die now in the middle of the season... Felicia would not cease to play. We would just roll our new character. Same thing for the rest of you. If, if it were early enough in the season that it makes sense in the story for another character to show up. Don't promise. Why are you promising that? I've always wanted to murder Jeffrey halfway through a season, so I wouldn't have to record with him the other half of the season. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, if, if we were running toward the climax of a season, then we wouldn't roll in a new character and be like, oh, hey, here's this new character. All of a sudden, with no connection to anything, what's going on? We would go through that, and then we would start up in a few episodes with the next season, what have you. But if Misk were to die in the next two minutes when we reveal the roles, oh my god, oh boy, then Felicia would not be dead. Felicia would be resurrected as a new character. So let's see what's uh, what's happening. <sighs> Last week we got into a fight. It was bad. Even though Misk was able to take out seven of these hot foot thugs in one fell swoop there were what eight of them left 
Four of them were down at the bottom of the cliff fighting against Kjorg. Four more were up top with Brackle, Misk, and Saul, which you would think three on four with our PCs probably be okay. I mean, most of them didn't have that much HP. But Saul started looking for another way out. I'm beginning to think it's not the characters Jeremy plays. It's just Jeremy who <laughs> refuses to follow along and play. I think it is. Well, here's the deal. For Saul in particular, he comes around the side of the building, and it's handled. You know, Brackle and Misk yes. should have no problem, but it's not handled. <laughs> no, it's fine. And to be fair, it's, it wasn't a bad idea. Uh, it's just that you were dealing with... Just wasn't a good one. A bunch of evil people, and you know, let's say that that had been someone's kid. Or even their wife. Maybe that would have been a big deal. But it, it actually just turned out she was just there to do a job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, see, that was so, I was hoping that I would see nothing. You know, I would see nothing and run back out. So that's what happened last time. Misk was taken down by the head, the leader of these dudes, I guess you could say. Brackle was brought down also, but he seems to have stabilized. Jorg defeated four of them by himself. Yeah, boys. The people's champion. People's champion. And Saul finally dealt the killing blow to the remaining ones, and he is leaning down and now trying to administer aid to stop the bleeding, to staunch the flow, and save his sister's life. And Jeremy rolled a d20 last time. I did. Misk, just breathe, Misk. Come on. And I'm like, hands holding wounds closed, trying to get her to stop seizing. And the rule specifically from the PHB concerning stabilizing someone who is currently dying is that they must make a wisdom medicine check and it requires a successful DC 10. So, oh boy. So, Felicia, I have a plus 0. So, it's just the flat number and I'm going to hold it up here to the camera and and you can you can say what that number is. Can you see it? That's seriously a 10. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is dead on a 10. Uh, Oh, my gosh. You've all been thinking, oh, no, what's happening? And Felicia's the one who's really been sweating. (laughs) Like, I literally was thinking of all the things I could do to these guys, you know, if they, you know. In real life. Don't save me. Hey, had he failed, you would have still gotten a chance to make another saving throw. And you probably would have rolled a natural 20. Or a natural one. Roll it. Let's see what it would have been. Yeah, go ahead and roll that 20. Let's see. What would it have been? What were the fates going to do to you? 16. So, you wouldn't have died, and then Saul would have had another chance. So, Saul, you squat down, and you just basically, because you don't have anything on you to heal her or do anything, you are pressing down on the wound on her chest and trying to staunch the flow of blood. You guys can stop pressing F for respects now. (laughs) We're all good here. (laughs) Well, I mean, Brackle's still in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah but he's he's stable i'm stabilized oh he, he's stabilized yeah that's right so saul you are holding the wound closed and you are now stable brackle you're down on the side of the house unconscious and saul you're kind of not in a position to move what are you doing to try and patch the wound in any way mm, any shreds of cloth i have just to stick in them for now but really what i want to do is run over to the halfling that i left tied up that's laying over there and uh, figure out if they got any potions anywhere. So you just kind of take some cloth that you have or that you can find on her and you press it down on the wound to stop the bleeding, to staunch it up. It's slowing and her breathing is normalizing and settling out. 
And then you look over and you see that this halfling that you had tied her hands, she's on her hands and knees sort of trying to scoot away from you, crying in fear, uh, and you get up and run over to her. Well, as I get up, I'm going to take Misk her pack and like start rummaging around through her pack seeing if she has any healing potions, but I'm going to walk over to the one that's crawling away while I'm rummaging and be like, do you have healing potions? Does any of them have healing potions? Tell me or I take off your leg. Oh my gosh. Don't hurt me, please. Okay, so do I see anything in particular in Misk in her pack? In Misk's pack? Yep. Like healing potions? No, she doesn't have any healing no. potions. No. Also, do I just see anything of interest in her pack? Not anything that would stick out to you, A probably. Candle. Pretty standard stuff. Okay. You like candles? I do. I do. <laughs> you like candles? Turn off the lights. It reminds me of home. A lot of candle. <laughs> okay. I'm going to drop her bag Tonight halfway over. I'm a romantic mm-hmm. move. And I'm going to draw my sword and like lay it on her thigh and hold her leg. Okay. Who has potions or I take the leg? What, what, what sort of potions? Healing. Some way to heal. Healing potions. Uh, yes, we, yes. Yes, we have healing potions. Please don't, just don't, don't hurt me. Show me. You've killed everyone else. Why? Show me. I drop her I, leg. I, okay. She's like trying to scramble up, but she's so freaked out she's having trouble getting up. I grab her by the hair, pick her up. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh jeez, man. Make believe heroes, everyone. Heroes. Saul is not a hero. Make believe <laughs> heroes with quotes. Miss could say something, but she's over there like unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> the people's champion is at the base of the mountain. I'm the people's champion. Yeah. There's only devils here now. Okay, so you are roughly pulling her to her feet by her hair and marching wow. her toward the uh, cabin. Kjorg, what have you done during this time? Are you heading up the mountainside? Oh, I would use my second wind. Okay. As a bonus action. So what does Kjorg do? Like, how does he invoke this second wind? Uh, I, after killing that guy, I just feel pretty great. Yeah. I, sma- I smack myself <laughs> in the face. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, nobody can beat me. Talk myself up a little bit. It was like airboxing. You think you think you could take me? Yeah, boys. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. And then I take off sprinting as fast as I can up the hill. Okay, what did you get back on that second wind? I got a I got a um I got <laughs> Yes. He's struggling. What did you get? Roll a D ten plus two. Oh, yeah, that's how I do that. He was studying, trying to figure I'm out what to roll. I was looking for he it. He was looking, trying to find it. He's trying to find it. <laughs> uh, six. All right, mark that, and let's continue. And then, yeah, take off sprinting up that hill. You're running up the hill, Kjord. You get, I don't know, about halfway up the hill, maybe. Probably not quite halfway up the hill, because it, it goes up to the left and then turns and goes up to the right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a zigzagging pattern. And about halfway up, you see a halfling just running full sprint towards you. And he looks and makes eye contact with you and lets out a little, ah, and like skids to a stop and is trying to like catch himself and, and run in the other direction. And you, you, you catch up to him. Oh, yeah. What do you do? You know what I'm going to do. Oh, oh, no. What no. do you do? Kill him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you do it? How do I do it? Yeah, what are you trying to do? You're just going to, like, attack him? Or, like, you're on the side of this mountain cliff. What do you do? I want to 
double swing my sickle and axe at the same time. Go ahead and roll them both for me at the same time. Okay, so one is a three plus five for the sickle, I guess. Eight. And the other one is a 15 plus five. 20. Okay, the sickle misses and the hand axe hits. Yeah. That's uh, a one plus three damage. Four. Okay. He didn't reach down low enough. Nope. You don't kill him, but you, you nick him with that axe and draw blood. I remove some of his hair. He is scampering away from you, trying to escape. <coughs> Saul, you step into this cabin. You're kind of pulling her along. What do you do? I'm just asking her, where are they? Show me, tell me where they are. Hurry. Okay, she's kind of whimpering. She heads toward the back, and there's a large cabinet, and she opens it and starts, like, digging through. Uh, and she pulls out a box, and inside there are a handful of small little vials. She says, "These, the, these are the, these are the health potions." Okay, are the colors all the same? Like, does the liquid look all the same? Yep, it, they look congruent with each other. Does that make sense? They look like they're the same to each other. Yep. I open the first one and shove it down her mouth. You give it to her. Yep. I just want to make sure it's a healing potion. Okay, you grab her hair, pull it back, and dump the contents down her throat. And you can see the dagger cut along her cheek slowly start to close up. All right, I frog march her back out to Misk. Let's go. Come on. To be specific, you've got four basic healing potions. Yeah, girl. Okay. You had five, you spent one. I just had to be sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you did a good thing. You made the right choice. I mean, it worked out with a cut on her face. What is a frog walk? Frog march. Frog, frog marching. Walk. Frog march. Is there like a tuba playing while this is going on? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it comes from wow. back in the 40s, maybe even older than that. I think it's a World War One reference about how they walk them with a uh, bayonet or a knife in their back and they like kind of bounce a little bit every so often. Oh. Mm, makes sense. You guys remember the frogs on uh, Link's Awakening and you learn that song from them? I do. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking this whole time. So you march her outside and you f- you see Misk lying there on the ground. You administer one of the potions to her? Yep. Misk, roll me 2d4 plus 2. I got a two and a three. So five plus two is seven. So you regain seven hit points. Misk. Seven. Life comes rushing back into you. Gasping breath. <coughs> Misk, it's very easy to die here. Here, Brackle needs your help. And I'm going to hand her the potions. <laughs> okay. You just shove three healing potions into her arms. Yep. Brackle needs your help. Okay. <coughs> I'm going to uh, go over to the guy who had two swords and start cutting his ears off. <laughs> oh, my god! The whole time I'm going to keep an eye on the one that's tied up there. I'll probably use my tail to slap her in the back of the leg so she uh, is on her knees and say, stay there. If you don't struggle, it won't hurt as much. So when he hands me those, I'm like, <coughs> okay, okay. And I'm tr- just getting up. Like I'm probably like out of it still a little. Yeah, a little bit, but so you're, you're coming around. I get my potions that he shoved in my face mm-hmm. and I take them over to Brackle and give him one of them. Okay, you walk over and you administer one of the healing potions to Brackle. Brackle, go ahead and roll me 2d4 plus 2 and you'll regain that. So that's the one that looks like a pyramid, right? That's the pyramid one. 
Kjorg, uh, are you still chasing that halfling up the hill? Yeah, am I faster than him? Because I know I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> Since I, I nicked him and he started running, mm -hmm. I just want to, like, catch up and grab him in a chokehold. Okay, uh, give me a strength check. Uh, athletics is fine. Athletics. So I got a one and a two, and that makes three plus two is five. I see. He says. What's your athletics check there, Georg? Georgie? 18 total. So is that higher than a, a critical failure? It is, indeed. Indeed. So you run forward, and you pick him up, and he just goes limp like a rag doll as he literally becomes so afraid looking up at your scary mug that he faints. Yeah, boy. I throw him over my shoulder and jog up the hill. Okay, you make the rest of the distance pretty quickly. You come up and you see Saul slicing the ears off of a dead halfling <laughs> while there is a female halfling there on the ground beside him weeping with her hands tied with a rope. You see Misk helping Brackle up off the floor. Both of them are covered in blood. Brackle is probably working to pull a couple of crossbow bolts out of his body. Things don't look, there's a lot of dead halflings around. <laughs> yeah, there are. I also want to rummage, like, he was the leader, so I kind of just want to check and see, does he have anything in particular on him? Okay. Before I go back over to the female. Ten gold pieces. I will take those. As far as anything, like, of note, just, no, just like some short swords. Nothing crazy. He is wearing a studded leather jerkin, but it doesn't look like it would fit you. How many dead halflings are here that I see up top? You can see three. Three? No. There's seven yeah, at three. the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about those. Yeah. There's like how many? I think there's only three up here, right? No, 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 wait. Yeah, there's only three up here. How many dead halflings does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> Man, this is really going to dark places. So what are you all doing? <laughs> um, I see it took all three of you to take out three I'm, I killed four. These were really tough halflings. No. And I made this one faint just by grabbing him. Perhaps next time your muscle could have a brain, Misk. There's a brain in each of these bad boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> As I flex my <laughs> biceps. Saul walks over and takes a knee in front of the female halfling. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. <laughs> I love oh it. My Go ahead. You take a knee in front of the halfling woman. <laughs> What's your name? Danae. Hello, Danae. I am Satsaris. I'm here to kill you now. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? However, I might would spare your life. For the right amount of information. And he's going to get out a fresh cigar and light it. Would you like a cigar? Uh, please. You, no. No. You, you don't have to kill me. I don't have to. I was going to take pleasure in it, actually. Who are the hot feet? And what are you doing here? She looks up at you, looking like from side to side, hoping that... Have you all sort of wandered over that way, or is Saul still just kind of by himself? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm walking that way. 
I was just talking as I was walking. Brackle was kind of walking around the perimeter, making sure nothing was hiding to pop out. Okay. You scan the area. I don't need a perception check or anything. There's no one else around the, the cabin. Up where you guys are now, you've completely cleared the area of anyone living. Misk, you, and Kjorg walk over, standing there as Saul is interrogating. Who are the hot feet, and what are you doing here? I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just here to do a job. What's the job? We're harvesting this material, putting it in, in the, in the vials. My, my job is to... What's it called? What's it called? The material. I don't know what it's called. I just know that it's, it's, it's dangerous, and... Look, I'm just here paying a debt. A debt? To who? To the hot feet, she says, pointing to some of the bodies lying around. And you guys can see now, if you haven't paid attention before, that all of these halflings have that token red substance on the bottom of their feet. On their shoes? They don't wear shoes. No, they don't wear shoes. They don't wear shoes. Okay, I check her feet. They're clear. They're clear? I mean, they're gross. I can see through them? <laughs> uh-huh, but there's no red there. No, there's not. I'm going to go over... Well, I am over there. Mm-hmm. What did you do to have to owe them to make this material? Like, do you know anything about why they want this material and how they're getting it or whatever? Like, what did they have to blackmail you that was so bad? She looks around. She says, I, I owed them money uh, for a loan that I took out. That's not important. Look, they're getting it from down there, she says, pointing toward the cavern that is off in the distance now from where you guys are standing. And it's it's getting dark. It's getting hard, harder and harder to see, especially for Brackle. You guys can see off in the distance that, that cavern or chasm, whatever it might be. She points in that direction. She says, they bring it up from there. Look, they bring the material up. We put it in the vials that are that are marked with those the runes. I can, I can show you if you want, but please... If you don't already know this, why are you here? What what are you doing here? Why why are you threatening to kill me? I haven't done anything, she says, and she starts to cry again. Your friends have done plenty. These are not my friends. Danae, perhaps I won't be taking your ears tonight. Let's go into this cabin. I think we should stay, Misk, and recover and learn from this one. Yeah, I agree. I'm getting her up, and I'm walking her into the cabin. Is okay. she untied and stuff? No, I'm keeping her hands tied. So yeah, we'll go and take a rest like we need it bad. I would love to take a sleep. What is Brackle doing? He's still surveying the area, watchful, vigilant, a silent protector, a dark night. It's, it's oh, getting no. dark. <laughs> Tell me, Danae, how much do you owe them as I'm walking her inside? Why does it matter how much I owe them? I didn't have the money. Answering my questions keeps you alive. That's why. A thousand gold. For what? A loan. Why did you need a loan? Because I needed a loan. Wow. You're really weird. I needed the money to pay for my... my home. They were going to take it from me. And now you're working for them and... Helping them produce this stuff that's almost magic to zip and go wherever they want. And you're okay with that. 
They just hurt so many people by zipping into a firehouse and catching it on fire. Wait, no. <laughs> they zipped a firehouse. Yes. Who are you? You you don't you don't know me. Have you ever been to Brightport? Do you know what it's like there? What's a Brightport? Yes. It's a city I'm well acquainted with. I've been to Brightport. It's bright. Well, then you should know. The hot feet don't take no for an answer. Yeah. I know. They do for me. What are they doing in Branshire? This isn't Brightport. I don't know anything about the hot feet being in Branshire. Brackle's looking through the cabinets for some pork and beans to see if they can have some dinner. They have some rations, some food. Pork and beans? Pork's looking for anything valuable. Yep. Saul is going to not very violently, like he's come down from the fact that her feet aren't red. He's still going to keep her hands like tied behind her back to a chair, like set her down and talk to her some more before he just, you know, tries to trust her. But initially he's just going to, you know, he's going to do what Chiorg's doing, kind of inspect the cabin and keep talking to her. Okay, the cabin has some bunks set up. They're all pretty short, by which I mean lengthwise for most of you, because they were created specifically for halflings. So they're not incredibly comfortable, but you guys could probably make do, or you can just set up some sort of a pack on the floor if you're planning on going to sleep. The cabin itself is not very welcoming and hospitable and comfy. It has tables set up inside, and the tables are lined with materials. There are these large wooden bowls with some sort of a strange residue in them. There are these cylindrical glass vials that have arcane runes etched into them. Over by the fire, there is like a bellows and a furnace set up for like glass blowing where someone has been crafting these bulbs, sort of these thin glass bulbs with the etched runes on them. Then uh, there are like these little stoppers. It, it, it looks like a sort of assembly line almost where they've been filling these things up. And Danae shows that to you and she says, Look, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know much about the hot feet. I, I'm, I'm nobody. They made me come to pay off parts of my debt and uh, I couldn't say no. I have family and they don't, like I said, they, they don't take kindly to the word no. So I've been doing as they told me. I've been taking this strange material that they bring up in these containers, and I've been filling these vials, stopping them up, and stocking them up. Saul takes a few of the finished ones and slips them in his pack. Okay. There actually aren't that many, and she explains to you that it's a very slow process. It takes a lot for each vial, and they don't harvest that much of it. Okay. But there's a few. I'll say, you know, maybe maybe three or four finished. Saul's going to take two, and he's going to take the other two and hand them to Misk. Okay. Thanks. So, what's your number? How many were here working? Can I get your number? I I don't know. Uh, they don't talk to me much. I think that probably, let me see, uh, and she's kind of counting in her head. I don't know, ten, maybe... Fifteen hot feet members here. I don't know, something like that. They they come in shifts. They there they perhaps are some alive. It's possible. Uh, I mean, there were 
I, how many have you all, um, she says with a swallow, how many have you killed? Seven fell off the hill. How many up here? I got two myself. I killed four. Plus, there's this one here. Wait, your can count? Did anybody check down the hill to see if the, any of them survived that fall? I know it's unlikely, but crazier things have happened. Didn't I see him fall? You saw him down there. You didn't, like, go inspect them, but you didn't see anybody getting up. They're dead. <laughs> we should have a pyre. I like pyres. Actually, that reminds me of something. Saul goes outside and gets the ears from the other one that he killed and comes back inside. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. So are you all planning on just taking a long rest here or what? Yes. Yep, that's basically it. I'm going to get as much information out of her, take a long rest, and we'll leave in the morning. And if we if we stay here, another shift might come up from the mines, so we should be vigilant. We should be vigilantes. There's not like a shift from the mine. They usually There's usually only one guy who would bring it and take it back, and not that much at a time. How often do they come? You all killed him. Oh, that guy. That guy. So is the likelihood high or low that we see more of them tonight? I would say, from what you all just described to me, I would say that it's low. If anyone survived, it can't be more than one, maybe two of them. And I don't see them coming up here and attacking you all on their own. If anything, they would be running away to contact... Oh, gods. To contact? Contact who? That's the worst thing that could happen. To contact... The rest of them. How many is the rest? <laughs> How many is the rest? Hundreds? I'm talking about those in Brightport. I'm talking about... How far is that? Uh, to Brightport? It's miles, days and days travel, but... I don't think we should go there. It's a blink if they can teleport. Who's to say there aren't more of them nearby? I, I don't know. I, I just want to. I just want to make it through this and get back to my family. I might let that happen. Wait. There was one more person here. I've only seen her once or twice. She didn't come in the same troop as I. She came in a different group, but uh, there's a gnomish girl. She stays down in the pass. Down in the pass. And who is she? Do you know her name? I no. They didn't really want me talking much. Just to do my work. Well, they're dead now. Do we need to do a check on her to make sure she's not, like, pulling one on us? Do you want to do, like, an insight check? Yeah, let's do an insight check. You can go ahead and roll me one, Misk. 17 plus 1. Yeah, you think she's being earnest. Okay. That's good enough for me. Okay, I say that we rest up. In the morning, we should head for the pass and try to find this lady that she's talking about. Unless y'all think we shouldn't. I don't know. I mean, that fight didn't go so great. But we'll be refreshed in the night. We can take on a gnomish girl, certainly. If need be. I don't think that she's... I don't know. She seemed like a sweet girl to me. What did she do? What do you mean? When she was here with y'all, what did she do? I don't know what What she does. What did she work on? I don't know. She's in the past always. Whatever she's doing, it's down there. I assume that she has some key part to play in harvesting whatever this material is. Was she being, what's the word, extorted like you? I have no idea. 
I don't know what her name is. I know nothing about her. I know she's a gnomish girl, and she came in the day after we got here, and I have not seen her since. We should go look for her first thing in the morning. Maybe she is. She too needs rescue. Maybe. You can come back to us, to Branshire, start a new life apart from your de- Oh, you have family. Yes, I, I can't leave them behind. This is my prisoner, Rackle. Maybe, maybe <laughs> after all of this is said and done, we can rescue your family. She looks hopeful for a moment, but she kind of looks down and shakes her head. I've never been to Branshire. From what I've heard, it's a wonderful place, but you know nothing of Brightport. That's true. You know nothing of the hot feet. And you don't know us. I, I'm, I'm going to uh, sleep if that's okay. Sleep. May your dreams carry you to a realm of no cares. Jeez. <laughs> you, you all go to sleep? <laughs> yeah. No. Someone needs to set a watch. Okay. Who's watching first? Saul's sitting there more than annoyed, and finally, whenever he realizes that no one's going to answer the call for a watch, he just says, I'll take the first one. Thank you. I was going to do it, but thank you. That really helps, okay, you know. second watch. Ah, you peasants. <laughs> I guess I can watch. Third. I'll do that one. All right, first watch. First watch. Saul. Uh, I want everybody to go to sleep before I do anything. Uh, I'm going to walk over and cut her hands free. Okay. And I'm going to, as quietly as possible, open the door and walk her outside. Okay. Wow. Danae. Oh, my gosh. Lovely night, huh? Out here with the corpses. What do you want with me? Come with me. And I will start walking her down the path. Now I'd like to roll a perception check as I walk her down the path. Okay. He's going to wind up dead. That's an 18 on the dice. Okay. You don't see anything or hear anything. It's it's eerily quiet, which is the second time that you've noticed that now, after all the bloodshed and the battle. There's no crickets, no night birds chirping. It's very quiet and little wind, but it's chilly. Well, Saul's not really from here, so he probably wouldn't notice. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He's going to keep walking her. I would say that Saul is not used to it being quiet ever. This place stinks and is much too quiet. How do you people live here? I don't live here. Okay, so how much gold does Saul have? He has the 10 that he just got and he has 15. Once we get down to the base of the hill, so one direction goes towards the cavern, right? And the other direction is back into the woods, right? Yes. Danae, here's the deal. It's pretty simple. My name is Sutsaris. Sutsaris. I haven't done this before, so I'm going to try something. And he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out the ten gold pieces that he got from the captain. Mm Mm-hmm. And he puts in her hands. So, if you travel that way, straight, you'll make it to Branshire. It's simple. If you work for Hot Feet and this devil ever sees you, I will fillet you, and I'll enjoy it. Simple? You understand? She looks confused, a little bit wary. I think so. 
There's other ways to make a living to pay a debt. I don't understand the obsession with money here. Some form of power. But there's a start. That way's Branshire. Work for Hot Feet, I kill you. Sound good? I, uh... I'm only doing this because you didn't raise a weapon. And you showed respect to royalty. By cowering appropriately. Well, I... I don't really know... Thank you. I suppose. She steps a few steps away from you, like keeping her eyes on you, and she slowly starts to turn, but she's kind of just waiting for you to jump, I guess. As she starts turning, he uh, turns the, the fire on the end of his cigar purple for just half a second to kind of give her a little startle. She stutter steps a little, but then she turns and, and runs. Is she being quiet like she's not screaming, is she? No, she's not like calling for help or anything like that. She's just running. Saul takes a long draw on a cigar and just stares off in the woods in the direction she went for a while. Blows a smoke ring and walks back up the path. Hello, MBH fans. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We are eight episodes into season two, and I have to say, personally, I'm having a great time with these new characters, and I hope you guys are enjoying them as well. If you are enjoying these new characters, perhaps you've got a new favorite. You should go onto your social media, Twitter or Facebook, and write a little post about which character from season one or two is your favorite PC or NPC, and why. If you do that, and tag us in it, we'll enter you in to win these beautiful white and gold Paladin Metal Dice from DiceNV.com. All you've got to do is tell us who your favorite character is from the show from either season and why, and we'll enter you in for this contest. It's that simple. We'll be doing a drawing here in one week, so make sure you get that done ASAP so we can get you in for the drawing and hopefully get these dice to the winner before Christmas. Speaking of Dice Envy, you guys know by now, I'm sure, that Dice Envy is our show sponsor, numero uno. DiceEnvy.com is a place where you can go and fulfill all of your dice gaming needs. They have individualized dice that you can't find anywhere else, such as the beautiful wooden set that I bought just a few weeks back, and many, many more that you can select from metal, acrylic, there's no telling. In fact, if you go to DiceEnvy.com right now, you can sign up for their monthly subscription starting at just $5 a month. I mean, I can't think of a better gift to give a gaming friend. I know I would love a gift like that. So go to DiceEnvy.com and use the promo code HEROES to make sure that you get 10% off your order. That also lets them know that we sent you, which helps us out. So go right now to DiceEnvy.com. Buy you some new dice. And have you really been looking for that wow factor? Let me just tell you, the best way for you guys to add that wow factor to your games at home is to visit BattleBards.com. Try out a BattleBards Prom subscription 15% off that with the code MBHPODCAST, and you are open to a slew of soundtracks, sound effects, backgrounds, music, etc. They're going to make you seem like the best DM that there ever was. Not that you're not already the best DM, because, I mean, you are. Go to BattleBards.com, pick that up right now. You won't regret that. While we're here, before we get right back into it, I have a five-star review I want to read you guys. Just one this week that I want to read. This review comes from Tordio. 
entitled One of the Best. This D&D podcast is one of the best ones I listen to. These people are hilarious. They keep the gameplay simple, yet creative and fun. 20 out of 10. I didn't know 20 went into 10. Tordio. I'm just kidding. I I see what you did there. Kind, kind words. Thank you so much. We try to keep it simple. We try to keep it creative. And we try to be hilarious. So, good to know we're firing on all cylinders. That's about it for today. Let me just mention, at the end of the episode, be sure to stick around. There is a little surprise. Some fan art that we received. We're going to tack it on to the end of the episode here. Be sure to tune in for that. But, for now, let's get back to Saul, who seems to be showing himself in a slightly different light. You go up the path, you go back to the room. Yep. The rest of you, I don't really need perception checks. You watch, the the night is quiet, nothing happens. It's uh, uneventful, and the morning comes, the sun rises, and you wake. Hitting that long rest button. Everyone can hit the long rest button. Is that the one that's beside the short rest? Yeah, right next to the one that says delete character sheet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (gasps) Oh. Don't hit that one. I accidentally hit that one. Oh, dang. Ah. What do I do now? So when I wake up, I look around. I don't see that girl. Yeah. And I immediately look at Saul and say, Saul. Where is she? He just gives a toothy smile. I ate well last night. Did you eat? (laughs) I'm not kidding, Saul. Where'd she go? She was our only lead on this hot feet. No, she's not. She was worthless. Is that halfling that I kept still around? Huh? Oh, yeah. He kept one? That's right. He had an unconscious halfling. He packed up the hill oh, that y'all just, yeah. we all just forgot about. I just threw him in the corner. Did you tie him up? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I mean. Oh, my gosh. So we had an actual right. Hotfoot member there the whole time. <laughs> well, he was passed out. Yeah, he was wounded, but. Saul would have woke him up and, like, cut off his ears to learn whatever he needed to know. Uh, Kjorg, you go looking for him after you say that. Yeah. He's not where you left him. OMG. Where is he? He had to leave him outside where the rest of us didn't see him, right? Yes. It's funny because Kjorg literally, like, forgot. And he's like, oh, man. So, what happened, what just happened was, is she's drilling Saul saying that was our only lead. And Kjorg goes, no, she's not. And gets up and walks out of the cabin and then comes back. Actually, yes, she was. Uh, um, that that was the only lead we had. Oh my gosh! Everyone, fan out. Let's find this thing. This thing. Critter. I, were we aware of him? So, only thing that y'all would have seen is Kjorg walking up with a halfling over his shoulder, who had like a axe wound in his back, and then throwing him down there. Okay, we well, probably so thought he was. You dead, probably would have just assumed he was dead. So I don't think Kjorg ever told you all no, he's not. he didn't. So Kjorg goes out. He's not there. What are you talking about, Kjorg? Um, you guys remember that that halfling that I was carrying? Um, yeah, he was dead, right? No. What? He was unconscious. <sighs> he's probably conscious now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Saul stabs him. <laughs> Saul stabs him repeatedly. Are you serious, Kjorg? You didn't time up? I told you. I taught you this forever ago. If you want to keep him, you got to time up, okay? Remember that. I was too busy doing other Brackle, things. I think we have some hunting to do. I look for tracks. Look to see if I can figure out which direction he headed. Not just tracks, but like, not like feet tracks. That too, but also hot like... feet tracks. Yeah, hot feet tracks, but also like... Okay. Blood. Blood, disturbed soil, broken branches, scat. You step outside and <laughs> scat. <laughs> There's... There's, it's a battle scene up here, and you have no idea where Kjorg left him. I know where I left him. Kjorg, where'd you leave him? He was right here. And I, like, waved my hand in a general area. <laughs> okay. It's very unhelpful. Can you be more specific? Okay, I, I point at where he was. Okay, you walk over and you show him kind of where it was. Go ahead and roll me uh, a survival check, Brackle. Okay, my survival. Okay, I see. I see, I see. It's 20. <laughs> Dirty 20. That's plenty good. You go over there and you see pretty quickly. I mean, the, the place has been trampled on a lot, but he was wounded and he was uh, dripping blood. It was a good deep wound. It did not heal itself overnight. You're pretty quickly able to pick up a blood trail and it moves down the path toward, you know, the path leading down off the cliff. So I follow it. Let's go, guys. I found it. But wait, what about the cave? We should probably find this guy because if he heads back to the hot feet and they know that we're here, they might zip a million of them over here. And Right now, the only lead that y'all have is this guy going down the path from the cliff. So yeah. you don't know ah. if he, he may have gone in the cave. As badly as he seemed to be injured, I mean, we thought he was dead. He couldn't have gotten too far. Maybe he just went down in the pass. Maybe he went to that gnome girl. Let's find out. So you all head down the path. You follow the blood trail, and you reach the bottom of the pass, Brackle, and you can see there's a little puddle at the bottom, almost like he stood there for some time trying to decide what to do. But you reach down to investigate it, and unlike a lot of the blood that you've seen, this is still wet to an extent. It's still somewhat tacky and wet. It hasn't dried up into the dirt, and you think maybe it hasn't been long since he was here. Is that because it was in the puddle? It's not like a giant puddle of blood. It's just kind of puddled up in one area. And a it's, few more drops there. I found a puddle of blood that's recent and fresh. And the blood leads off toward the direction of the pass. Well, I guess it's time to start this uh, dungeon delf. I guess it's time to go down into the pass. Are y'all ready? I say we go. Saul, get your cigar ready. <laughs> you guys continue forward following Brackle along the trail into this stony overhead that cuts off into a sort of cavern and it's cold in here can we smell them yet the moment that you are moving forward out of the light of the sun under the stony overpass you can feel the temperature drop 10 degrees. I mean, it's it's cool and damp, but it's not a cave. It's not like you're going down into the earth like a cavern, and it's not into the side of the mountain. It's more like just an overhang coming over that has blocked the sun and killed the grass from this forest, and as you approach the edge of it, you can see, like, withered trees. 
it's weird. It doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like it was naturally grown this way. It's almost like something formed it over time or created this weird sort of passageway that's half cavernous and half just a dark pathway through a forest with mm. dead trees. And you're making your way through there, and there is a long stretch. You don't see any light deep within. What do you do? Mm. Investigate. Light a candle. Hey, I got a candle. I'll light a torch. Okay, you light a torch, Kyork, and you guys begin to go deeper into the strange pass, and it seems to get colder. You know, it's not, like, uncomfortably cold. It's just very, very cool down here. I mean, it's probably 50 degrees. Just like Mammoth Cave. Yes, it's cold in there. It's quiet. You don't hear anything for a bit, and you walk for a few minutes. You can see if you shine your torch from side to side on the walls of this pass, there are some braziers that hold torches, but none of them are lit. I light them all. You light them as you go? Yes. Okay, you're lighting them as you go, and, and it helps shine more light along this cavernous type area. I don't know if that is wise, Jorg. I don't know if you're wise. You went, Jorg. Saul, with his warring history, is going to stealth it up and kind of get away from everyone. He's not going to run ahead or behind, really. He's just going to try to not be obviously part of the party. And okay. I'd like to stealth and perceive and just kind of... Well, just give me stealth for now. Okay. Stealthception. I got a 17 on the dice. Okay, so you're sort of sticking to the more shadowy side, yeah. opposite from where Kjorg is lighting these braziers. You can see clearly in the dark anyway. And as you all are traveling and Kjorg is lighting these torches, you begin to notice high above something sort of shiny and reflective along the ceiling. It's pretty high up and you can't like reach it or anything like that. You can't really tell what it is, but it it just looks like a sort of reflective material along the roof of the cavern. Okay. Brackle, does he recognize it at all? You don't recognize it, no. Not even a little? (laughs) <laughs> when you say recognize it, do you mean like, do you see, know what it is? Do I know what it is? You do not. Have I seen it before? You have not. Have I? No, none of you have seen it before, but it's weird. It's not like a solid plate of reflection. It's not like chunks of ore. It's almost like, I don't know, like veins of something stringy looking. You know what I'm saying? Fungus. And the deeper that you get into the tavern, and this cure continues to light these braziers, the more prominent it becomes. It becomes thicker on the walls and the ceiling. And it's shiny, and the light of the torches is sort of making it... The thicker it gets, the more it almost seems to... It's like it's absorbing the light. Is this like the uh, the, the Mario Brothers live-action movie? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Uh, kind of. So you all continue forward, and after a time, Miss, you would probably be the first to notice just because of your proficiency with the musical arts. There's a sort of tune playing up ahead. Wait. Y'all hear that? It's a uh, low and beautiful but somewhat eerie sort of tune being played. You, you can't really place what sort of instrument would make this sound, but you can hear it. It's the Pokemon theme song in a minor key. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Wow. It's a strange melody. 
you can hear this slow, strange melody, and you also hear something else, but it's so quiet you can't really place it. It's kind of in time with the music. Do y'all hear that? Saul, like, flicks an ember of his cigar of, like, yep. Kjorg, I don't think you should light any more of those. I think you should I'll light just... another one. I throw one down the cavern. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? He's Kjorg. You throw a torch down the cavern, Kjorg, the one that you're holding. It crashes onto the ground, making a loud noise. You can see up ahead where it's burning. There's something on the ground next to it. Oh, my. I go see what it is, and I draw my hand axe and my sickle. Saul continues to stay in the shadows and move up. I'm just following Kjorg. I mean, there's no there's no turning back now. He threw it. Brackle? He says, you fool of a took. Throw yourself in next time and save us the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then the Balrog comes. I mean, please, <laughs> please, for the love of God, what does Brackle do? Does he follow? That's all I need. He all follows. I need is we're, we're with, I'm with you or whatever. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. You follow along. Kjorg, you come upon something lying on the ground next to your throne torch and it is a halfling not moving. Is it the one halfling? It is. Hey, here's our lead. Does he look dead from the shadows? You roll him over, <laughs> Kjorg. He looks weird. Kind of swollen. Like he's filled with the fungus? Something. Something. He's dead. He is dead. But he doesn't look like he just died of natural causes. I mean, he did have a giant axe wound in his back. Yeah. He looks like one of those dogs that's been laying on the side of the road for like a couple weeks. Mm, kind of, yeah. He's swollen. Uh, he's a little off-colored, and I don't mean, like, pale, he lost blood. I mean, reddish. Oh, my. Guys, this isn't good. I think we need to... Is this a bomb? What? Is he a bomb? <laughs> What's a bomb? Me. The music is a little louder, and, Misk, you can hear this sound. It's sort of like a strange, like a tapping or something along with the music up ahead. Oh, my gosh, it's creepy. Guys, I think we need to draw our weapons and be prepared my weapon's already drawn. Yeah, Kurig's ready. Saul's moved ahead of everyone. So Saul's up in the shadows. I guess we're going to move on down that way toward the noise. I pick my torch back up. You pick up your torch. You light any more braziers as you go? Yes. Oh my god. Walking along. How'd you even tell? Lighting that? the braziers one by one. Saul's still up ahead in the darkness. It's getting I brighter. Go ahead. I attack the darkness. I regret saying go ahead. <laughs> you continue forward lighting torches as you go, lighting your pathway behind you and moving forward slowly. That material along the ceiling, that strange, clear, glittery, translucent but shining material is getting thicker and thicker on the ceiling. And now you can see it sort of almost like it's cluttering up in places. Like it's... Uh, in just patches along the wall now. Now it's not just like veiny or stringy through the ceiling and through the walls. Now it's in great patches in different places along the wall. And moving forward, the music gets louder and louder and the cavern, the, the path sort of turns. And before you, there is a, uh, a lit scene and 
It's not lit with firelight. So lit. It's not with, lit with the light of the fire. It's a sort of low glowing ambience. And you see something really strange. You see a gnome standing there. She's wearing a light blue, like, traveling dress, sort of. It comes down to about her mid-thigh. She's wearing a pair of warm red tights beneath them. Her hair is long and orange, and it's pulled to the side in a ponytail. She's wearing a pair of thick-rimmed spectacles as she turns her head and looks back at you. And she is moving her hands in a sort of somatic sequence holding in her hand a wand almost like a uh, almost like a conductor and the strange music is radiating this this area in the cavern but what really takes your eye isn't this gnomish girl standing there uh, conducting nothing in the air and playing music it is what's in front of her suspended in the air there are five enormous spiders they are white with large blue specks all along their back and they are clicking along with the beat of this melody and their arms their legs are stretched out like they're being held right in the middle of the air and it almost seems like they're levitating there in the sky in front of her as they click along with this music and just sit completely still and she turns back and looks at you all and says oh hello I'm Juniper. Who are you? And I think that is where we're going to end this week. Thank God. I didn't want to have anything to do with those spiders. Yeah, right before bed. I'm not. (laughs) Hey, Juniper. Right before bed. Hey, Juniper. Saul's going to struggle to not shout from the shadows. That is it for this week. So thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. We love you. I throw all of my hand axes at the spiders. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out what's going on in this really bizarre situation in one week. As we head into the campfire chat for this week, listen to these eerie tunes playing in the background. This is a spooky rendition of the Make Believe Heroes theme song created by a friend and fan of the show, The Lonely Cheese. This is his rendition of the Make Believe Heroes theme song for the fabled Make Believe Villains storyline. Be sure to stay tuned after the song ends to hear our chat by the campsite. See you next time. See you later. Bye. We love you. We'll miss you. We love you.
we have a question for today's campfire fireside. Campfire fireside. Another from Easy Breezy One Two Three Z. Sauce cooking sausages. This one's not exactly D and D related, but we're still going to answer it. And the question is this: What is something weird about each of you? Me, just me. I'm weird. Hi. Jeremy's weird. Same. What's something weird about you, Jeremy? I don't know. Like, everything about me is weird. It's true. What's something weird about Jeremy, Jeffrey? Jeffrey is weird because he uh, actually enjoys playing D&D, but every time you ask him, or like, hey, you want to play D&D, or are you coming to the recording, or hey, we're going to play D&D this night, you want to come? He's always just like, nah, or no, or uh-uh. It's true. I think you call that trolling. Yep. Yeah, he's a troll. He is, he's a massive troll. He actually lives beneath a bridge. I don't know that it's weird, but I'm a cancer survivor, so that's a thing. That's true. I mean, that's... embryonal carcinoma, yolk sac, and sonoma all at the same time. I'm very blessed to be alive. Very happy. Okay. Those things all sound scary. Yep. Nah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know oh that gosh. that's a weird thing. No, I think the weird thing is that you said it's kind of fun, but... Yeah, uh, that just shows yes, how Yes, we're also are. glad that, you know, you defeated the enemy. I have lots of weird ticks. Like a lot. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He is weird. Yeah, that's true. This is something. I'll tell you one weird thing. You're all gonna think I'm crazy, but when I sit a glass down, you are. We already know. Say I'm drinking this mm-hmm. glass of uh, Cherry L8, which is a Kentucky soda. Yep. Uh, and one corner of the glass hits the table before the other. I will pick it up and hit the uh, the total opposite corner, balance it out, and then sit it down flat. It's called OCD. <laughs> it's something. It is something. I do it without thinking. One that I recently got made fun of because Paul's wife, Brooke, like totally <laughs> yelled at me and laughed about it. She's forever. so mean. Um, I wash my hands a lot. And, a lot. And I'm really bad about just talking. And I'll be like, yeah, I've washed my hands after I take a shower. And they just looked at me like, uh. That's hilarious. Don't you have what? like a pre and post hand like washing? Like I literally wash my hands before I go to bed every night. I wash them in the morning. I wash my hands like. Uh, obviously, every time I go to the bathroom. Sure, obviously. But it's weird because I wash my hands like sometimes before I take a shower. Probably three and times. Sometimes after. I just do it a lot. Probably three so. times more than most people. I'm a germaphobe. Okay, so I sometimes, and by sometimes I mean often, play a character IRL. And sometimes I don't know if the character is me or not. I think I've been playing it long enough. That I am that character now. In real life? This is weird. That's fun. It just got really weird. Who is Alan Boone? No one knows. He is a Batman. Making of a Murderer, season three. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like, I don't know. I I often say nonsensical things. No way. In a very deadpan way. Never. And people who don't know me... Like, don't know how to take it. They don't. And it, it's pretty amazing sometimes. And so uh, I can just BS for a long time. I mean, you did it basically it, every 30 seconds in this entire recording tonight. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on a lot of medicine right now for sinus infection. So, and on top of that, I got that mucus brain because all the goo in my sinuses has made its way into my brain. <laughs> okay. Oh my. So the weird thing about Alan is that he's he's another person. All right. Yeah. We're all weird. I just realized that we're all really weird. 
Uh, yeah. That's true. Uh, Being but, weird is uh, awesome. Like, like your weird flag. Yes, be weird. Let your freak flag fry. Fly. Let your fleet fly. I'm done. I watch anime. I was going to say that, Jeffrey. I was going to say the weird thing about Jeffrey is that he refuses to watch anything animated that was not animated by Japan. Refuses. Yeah. Huge anime. What talking about. Unless it's Static Shock. Hey, Static Shock is the best superhero ever. The weirdest thing about Jeffrey that he thinks that Static Shock is a good superhero. I remember watching Much that. less the best superhero. I remember watching that. It was great. See? Static Shock is a fun superhero. See? Yeah, it's he's fun. cool. Yes, I watched Static Shock as a kid. And you loved it. And you remember No, it. I didn't love it. He's your favorite. I thought it was okay. You did. You're a liar. Wait, what's Static Shock? This is goodbye. The best superhero. Goodbye. I pressed F, and it messed up GarageBand. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What'd it do? It, it did actually mess it up. It just opened some weird media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always got to love that. Press oh F gosh. to pay respects. <laughs> oh, I paid respects, and my GarageBand exploded. <laughs> <laughs> no more respects from you. Respect.